I just want to pull you back to world history. First, how many of you, for your world history, how many of you had AP? Not that many. How many of you had uh, the ancient world history? How many of you had modern world history? Okay, so this, this is stuff you should know unless you just had the ancient. So the, the like five of you that just had ancient, I'm sorry. You chose a fascinating topic and you're going to be behind. But looking at this map of the world, which is not the way the world looked back then, not the way the world worked, uh, the Europeans had gone in to the Crusades, they'd fought in the Middle East, and one of the things that they discovered was that their food was crap. It was disgusting. And the people in the Middle East had this cool thing that they called spices. And so they started to import spices. But here's the problem. So using my mouse to come across here. So the spices grew down in this area, this area, of course, and some down here. So to get them across, they could either go along the silk roads that came up through here, or they could send them from India over down through the Red Sea, and then they'd come up here. So no matter what happened, they went through the Middle East. The Middle East had a big substantial markup on these things. So the Europeans decided they could make more money, they could make fortunes, if they could just get, if they could just sail straight there. Two problems. One is that they didn't know where the bottom of Africa was. They didn't know how far it was. They didn't discover that until, if I remember right, 1498. Nope, it's 1488. Bartholomew Diaz. Uh, and then they, they knew how big the world was. They knew that it was round, but they did not know really how round. They didn't know that all of this stuff was here. So they thought that if you went, you started out from, say, Portugal, you'd come down here, and right about here, you'd run out of supplies. And then you would just die. Fortunately, there happens to be stuff there. So Columbus shows up doing his thing. Caps lock off, jerks. Columbus shows up at the court of Spain and says, hey, I, uh, I want to sail around the world. He'd done his own math, and he figured that the world was one-fourth of its actual size. you know, you can be bad at math and still end up being famous and historically influential. It's easier if you're good at math, but if you're bad at it, there's still chances for you. So Columbus shows up. Uh, Queen Isabel gives him the, uh, the money to go out on his voyage, and he goes out on his voyage. Now, we're not really going to talk about Columbus much in this class. Why? It's a geographic question. What, what geographic area are we talking about? The United States. Thank you for not overthinking it. Yeah, the United States. Did Columbus ever set foot on, on the United States? No, he didn't. Who, who did? Who was the dude that cruised up to the rest of America? 
His Vespucci, yeah, Amerigo Vespucci. That's why we call it America, because Amerigo Vespucci is the dude who came up and, and did the whole thing. I don't care if you know his name either, because we're going to run in. We're going to talk about people later. So Spain is cruising around at the bottom of what's now the United States, what's now Florida, um, dying of horrible diseases because that's what exists in Florida. And England decides they want in on some of this action, so they start their first colonies at a place called Jamestown in 1607. So looking at this picture, what do you notice? Let me, let me tell you, it's small, good, yes. Good, what, why would they keep it small? They, they kept it small, they built walls, they had these structures, all of this stuff for the same reason. So, what? It's easily defendable. That's it. They're interested in defense. They think that they're going to have problems with the natives. Now, did they? Did they undergo a bunch of native attacks? Later, they had a few, but it was more the opposite way. As a matter of fact, when they show up, they run into people who not only speak English, because one of them had been a slave, uh, but they run into people. In fact, he, he stands out. He has two watermelons, and he's like, welcome to America. Have a watermelon in English. And they're like, what in the world? This is not what we expected. So expectation and reality weren't quite the same. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Weird historical coincidences. So he teaches them how to grow crops and whatever, but not at first. See, at first they screwed up. Uh, why did they come? Still that same question. Is What is it, question one? Yeah, when and why. Why is they were looking for money. See, they'd heard rumors that you could just like lean over and pick up gold off the streets, although there's no streets, you know, I guess off the trails. They, they heard that if you dug at all, you'd just find gold. There's just gold everywhere. And of course, that turns out to not be true. But it doesn't matter. See, they had some problems. Okay? For starters, most of the people who had the money to come over were the super wealthy. And they came from environments where they had things like butlers. So they'd never worked. These people, some of them had never done a real work a day in their life. They didn't even put on their pants by themselves. If you're going to say, hey, Crawford, I'm going to put you out on some colony, you have to survive. You know who I'm not going to pick? Some dude who doesn't even put on his own pants. I'm going to pick someone who knows how to put their pants on and knows how to use tools, right? That's not what they did. So this, this community that comes over, they have problems. They have issues. Okay, second, not only did they not know how to work, but they started just wandering around looking for gold. They were seriously, instead of helping build the colony, they were digging holes in the ground and gathering gold. Except that for the gathering gold part, they were just digging the holes, searching for gold. Then, 
They arrived too late in the season. This is more proof they didn't really know what they were doing. They arrived too late in the season to plant crops. So they call the first winter the starving time. Two-thirds, a full two-thirds of the colonists died. Interestingly enough, I have a picture. That, that picture is of the actual colonists. Four of them. And some archaeologists. Hey, so we know what problems they had. Solution number one comes from the man with the most generic name in all of history, John Smith. So would you read that just to yourself? See if you could find what was John Smith's solution. How did he solve this problem? When you notice it, raise your hand or just blurt it out, Eliza. If you don't work, you won't eat. No food for the lazy. How strict is he going to be about this? Yeah, he holds it completely strict. If you refuse to work, well, I mean, besides the sick people, like it says right there. If you refuse to work, you don't get any food. Eventually, you're going to get hungry enough that you're going to work. Even if you think you're above it, even if you're like, no, that's what my butler does. You're in trouble. Here's solution two. This comes from a dude named John Rolfe. John Rolfe notices that for certain ceremonies, the native people smoke this thing called tobacco. And he thinks, you know what, maybe I can convince Europeans to smoke this stuff and they'll buy it from me. And they did. Tons of them did. I always think back, I'm like, how do you convince somebody of this who's never seen this? They're all like hacking and gagging and they're like, yeah. And the smell, they're just like, yeah, that sounds, I, I don't know how they convinced them that this was a good idea. But they did. And so John Rolfe starts planting tobacco. So there's two things that saved him. One was John Smith's, you don't work, you don't eat. Number two is now they have a cash crop. They can grow tobacco. Yeah. Growing tobacco. Oh, the question too? Oh, why is the reason for Jamestown? So I'll, let you I'll let people write three, then I'll come back to two. Okay, why is Jamestown historically significant? Why did they find it again? Give it to me. Money. Business. You know why America was founded? There's two reasons. One is freedom. We had a lot of religious freedom in particular. Freedom and business. Making money. We still come back to those two 
fundamental ideas, those two things that help build America. Okay, Puritans, another group. By the way, we're not covering a lot of groups that came over. Uh, and the reason we're not covering all those groups is because you should have covered them already and because I could teach an entire semester really easily on just colonial America. So get that everyone has their own things that they focus on that they think are important. And because, do you remember what mine is? Ah, good. Yes, indigenous people and the Indian Wars and the settlement of the West. I'm not going to spend my so much time on the colonies. I want to move on to where we can get to the West because it's more fun and there's shooting and death and destruction and the Alamo and anyway. So that's why if you wonder why I did chose what I did, it was mostly to entertain myself. So Puritans then. Who are they? What are they doing? These people are what we call Calvinists. Being Calvinists, Calvinists believe in uh, something called predestination. They believe that when they were created, God created them, He knew the day He made them whether they were going to go to heaven or hell. Hey, so he knew whether they were going to be good or bad. So because he knew everything, he must have created them to be good or bad. Now, some people think, well, it doesn't matter what you do, but that's not it. These people end up being super strict because they're constantly trying to figure out which they are. Wait, am I a heaven-bound person or am I not? And so they'll sit there and things that you or I might be like, oh, yeah, I was a little bit weak at this moment. You might be sitting there and think, oh, yeah, I was, uh, I just messed up. They would think, oh, crap, I'm one of the horrible people who's not going to heaven. That's the kind of thing that they would worry about. They just constantly are afraid of their, of their future. And so they, they're super strict, worried that maybe they're not one of the heaven-bound people. You can't change it. You're just trying to discover which one you are. So they don't dance, and they don't play music very much, and they don't wear nice or fancy clothes, and they, they don't, they're really, really strict. And we're going to look at how strict this is. But first, we got to get why they left. England. How familiar are you with Henry VIII? Give, Henry VIII and his wives and his new church, give, give me fist to five, fist being like who? One being like, I know there's a dude and wives. Five being like, I know this whole thing and I passed the test. Are we Okay, I have quite a few fists. I, I have quite a few people who are giving me zeros. So, you must have taken the other history. Let me give you the short version. Henry VIII was king of England. His brother Andrew had died. There was an, an alliance that Andrew made with Spain. Um, now that I say it, I'm not sure his name was Andrew. We'll go with Andrew because what are you going to do? Throw fruit at me? Right? Like you don't have food in my computer lab. So, 
he'd made an alliance with Spain by marrying this lady named Catherine, the, the princess of Spain. And so everything seemed to be going well till Andrew died. Andrew died fairly young, and they have this queen. So they're like, what are we going to do with her? Do we send her back? Do we whatever? So Henry's like, you know what? I'll marry her. I'll do the alliance thing. But we have to have special permission from the pope. In the Bible, it says not to marry your dead brother's widow. So he's like, you know what? I'm, I'll do this, but only with special papal permission. So they write a letter to the Pope, and they're like, is this okay? Pope says, yes, it's just fine. So Henry marries this lady. She has a uh, miscarriage. She has a stillborn baby. She has a girl. What's wrong with that? You guys are so sexist. I'm just kidding. Right? Yeah, back then they wouldn't let a woman inherit the throne. It's not you that's sexist, it's them. Uh, so that lady, her name was Elizabeth. She will eventually inherit the throne. They'll name half of America after her because she never married, so they called her Elizabeth, of course, or they called her the Virgin Queen, so like Virginia and stuff. It's named after her. So uh, it has Elizabeth, has some more miscarriages, stillbirths, stuff like that. And so Henry's like, you know what? I think I've been cursed. I think God's cursed me because I married my dead brother's widow. So he writes to the Pope and he says, I need a divorce or an annulment is really what he asked for. The Pope says no, because Catherine's family is just way too powerful. Um, Catherine's brother had actually put the Pope in prison at one point. I would think that a good Catholic wouldn't put the Pope in prison. I don't know. But apparently back then you could be a good Catholic and you could still put the Pope in prison. It doesn't make sense to me. I would think that would be like high on the list, that if you went to your priest and you're like, what makes a good Catholic? He'd be like, you don't imprison the Pope. But he had, her brother had, and so the Pope's like, no, you can't divorce your wife. You're stuck with her. So Henry starts thinking about this, and he comes up with this plan. He decides that if he's king of everything in England, he must be king of the church too. And so he forms his own church. They call it the Church of England, uh, or the Anglican Church. And in his church, you can divorce your wife if you're Henry VIII, because he's the boss. He made the Archbishop of Canterbury be the head of his church, be like the Pope. But uh, when his friend, Sir Thomas More, he made him the archbishop, when he refused to give him the divorce because he thought this whole thing was morally wrong, Henry VIII had him executed, his friend. This guy wasn't the greatest. So Henry puts his wife, sends her off to a castle where she's under house arrest for the rest of her life. He has to hold her hostage so that she can't... Uh, go back to Spain and invade Spain so Spain doesn't attack him. Spain was the most powerful country on earth. So he marries this other lady. Uh, she has a daughter too. Oh, sorry, I screwed it up. The first daughter's Mary. The second daughter's Elizabeth. Anne Boleyn, the second wife, had Elizabeth. Uh, first wife had Mary. Yeah. That actually is super important. Then he accuses her because she miscarries what might have been a son, so he accuses her of cheating on him and has her executed. 
Then he marries another girl. She does cheat on him, so he has her executed. And then he, oh, no, no, that one was something. Anyway, he goes through six of them. He goes through six of them. And I'm surprised none of your teachers told you this story already because it's really good. Um, and I've only given you, like, the bare bones of it. So Henry VIII has his own church. He also has his daughter, Mary, who hates his guts. So this, the, the picture you're seeing at the bottom is uh, Mary. The middle one is Henry. On the left is Edward. He did eventually have a son, but his son was sickly and died at age, I want to say, 12. Um, this is... Uh, Catherine, not Parr, it's not Howard. Oh, it's Jane. It's Jane Seymour, his favorite wife. She died in childbirth, giving birth to Edward over here, the kid. So when you paint things, you can just cheat. Um, this one on the left is Elizabeth, and the one on the right is Mary. I might have Mary and Elizabeth backwards. The point, though, the important thing here is if you look at them, like, imagine if this is your family portrait and what this says about your family. If your dad is like, you know what? The whole family's together. I love this. But you? Farther. No, farther. Farther. Go stand over there. What kind of family is this? Plus, remember, Mary grew up under house arrest. Mary's not a fan of Henry's church at all. So she decides to undo it by slaughtering everybody that supported Henry VIII. So they call her Bloody Mary. I asked her to be a guest speaker, but that mirror thing totally doesn't work. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's actually a serial killer in the United States that comes later. That's also called Bloody Mary. So here's Mary. Mary tries to redo this church. So we have this whole thing. The Puritans come in here. You'd forgotten that there was part of this story. The Puritans come in at this point. And what the Puritans want is they want a Church of England completely, 100%, and totally free of Catholicism. Sometimes they call it popery. Not popery, like the smell stuff, but popery, being the Pope. I, look at this thing. The Protestant tutor instructing youth and others in the complete method of spelling, reading, and writing, true English. Also, discovering to them the notorious errors, damnable doctrines, and cruel massacres of the bloody papists. That means the Pope's people. Which England may expect from a Popist successor. Let's be frightened of this. So the Puritans want something completely free of the Church of England, and even Bloody Mary and Elizabeth are kind of like, oh, hold on there. This is a bit much. So they go from there. They go into the, what's now the Netherlands. They go into what's now France. And eventually they end up in what's now the United States. Yes, ma'am. In the old school, they used to put the first, or is it the second S, as an F, the first one. Uh, an F without the crossbar. I don't know why. I just always assumed it had something to do with, like, 
drugs. I, don't, I, don't, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, there is. The Popist successor is. Yeah, so the Puritans end up in the Americas where they start their own thing. I told you they were strict. I need you to understand what I mean by this. Okay, so first, they believe that children crawling around like babies, crawling on the floor, that's what the beasts do. My dog crawls on the floor. We can't have our children behaving like beasts. We have to get them to behave. So they get that things like a walker. It's to stop the baby from crawling. And then you notice the dress on the right, that the baby's got a long gown. That's also to stop the baby from crawling, not from walking, from crawling. Yeah. It is absolutely not good for the baby's development. Yeah, the natives that are letting the, the babies just wander around or that are swaddling them, that's a little bit better. Um, then look at this. So this is one family, Roger Class and his wife, whose name is lost to history. Um, those are their baby names. So thinking about those, what are they trying to raise their kids to be? What are they trying to raise their kids to be and believe and act like? have certain qualities. What kinds of qualities? Patient. Thankful. Grateful. Right? You notice that they didn't name their babies things like champion or boldness or tough guy. Cameron? They want them to be the heaven-bound people. Yes. Yeah, wait. Still. Hope still. I, I honestly feel a little bad for someone named Supply. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? This is, <coughs> this is interesting. How strict were they? Let's go to teenagers. You teenage ladies, you would have to wear a leather corset cinched so tight to keep you from slouching. Stop slouching. Why aren't you? Thanks, Sydney. Yes. I'll get a leather corset right now. <laughs> Mom, my history teacher said. Yeah, you've got to be you got to be upright. Guys, you would have it different. Instead, they would strap a wooden rod to your back as you grew up so that you learned to be completely, you know, I don't, I don't know. This is not good for you. This is taking posture to the next level. Um, they didn't want to coddle the children ever. They didn't want to make them... 
They didn't want to make them soft and wimpy. Soft and wimpy, that's not, that's not the Puritan way. That's the, what bad people do. So they didn't have things. I have a fireplace here. A lot of the times the babies would just kind of wander, like a toddler would just wander into the fireplace and get burned. They'd fall down wells. They'd eat things that they shouldn't eat because I don't, any of you have toddlers in your house? Their hobby is eating things they shouldn't eat, right? Right, that's what they do. Uh, so this is, this is how strict they are. Remember, it all comes back to we want them to be as holy as possible. They're also strict for adults. If you break the rules, you end up in the stocks or the pillory. The stocks are down low, the pillory's up high so that you can throw food at them and poke them with sticks in your fingers. So is this a stock or a pillory? Yeah, it's a pillory. Do you think that matters? Do you think I'm ever going to test you on that? No, I, I never did. It's not important. Hey, now why do they matter? And I have this interesting statement. Go ahead and read that. Okay, so you could sum it up. Even though the Puritans are completely gone, unless you're a Studio C fan, no group of people left a greater impact on our American values. Okay, so what are those values? For starters, they are the first to kind of say that the community is responsible for helping raise the child. So we have things like the Girl Scouts, like Little League or Pee Wee football. We have a school themselves where strangers and other community members are responsible for helping other people's kids. That was new. As a matter of fact, before this, kids just wandered the streets. Well, after this, they wandered the streets too. In the 1900s, they start going back and trying to be embrace this ideal of treating your kids well. They are the first to outlaw child abuse. The idea that you can't just get mad as an adult and beat your kids, that's, that's a Puritan thing. Remember the way we think is weird in the history of the world. And I don't mean to say that it's incorrect and you should think that children should be beaten. Yes, I would never claim. I don't believe that. I wouldn't claim it. But in world history, most societies were pretty mean to their kids. Uh, it's the Puritans that introduced the concept of super hard work. In America, we are totally into working. We're dedicated to it. We love it. It all comes back to the Puritans who used to say, an idle hand is the devil's playground. Don't ever be idle and hang out and do nothing. Um, the Puritans are the ones who really push the idea of helping your neighbor. We have a very rich history of community and helping each other. 
in the United States, and a lot of that comes back to the Puritans. Finally, the Puritans are the first ones to come over for religious freedom, to establish religious communities. We're going to learn about them building religious communities all over Pennsylvania and that area in the early 1800s. We'll learn about them doing it here in the 18, late 1800s, and we'll learn about them doing it other places too. Because it's one of those things. Okay, the Salem Witchcraft Trials. Are you familiar with this? I'm hoping the answer is yes and I can skip it. Yeah? Good enough. All right. Uh, I do want you to know this. The result of Salem is that spectral evidence is no longer allowed. Spectral, what does that sound like? A specter. What's a specter? Someone said it. Who said it? Yeah, a ghost. Hey, so let's imagine for a second. I have a dream. It's not like Martin Luther King's dream. This isn't a good dream. I have a dream that Cameron comes like I'm just sleeping, you know, maybe camping out under the stars or something, and Cameron comes up and like force feeds me nightshade or something. I have this dream, and then I wake up, and I got a stomach ache. Clearly, Cameron's a witch. <laughs> I know you'd play, I knew you'd play off it. Yeah, so that's not evidence. Imagine if you show up in a U.S. court today and that's your evidence, it's not going to go well. If you call the police and you say, hey, this is what happened to me, they're going to take someone away and that someone is not going to be the one you had a dream about. Right? But back then, they accepted to some degree spectral evidence. By the end, it's actually the Puritans, some of them... In fact, it's one of the guys that pushed for its inclusion at this trial, at these trials that said, no, no spectral evidence. You have to have real hard evidence. You can't be like, well, I don't think he likes me. I don't care what you think. I need real hard evidence. He pushed me down the stairs. That's hard evidence that he doesn't like you. A lot of people wrote that down. Did you? Note. Talk about so-and-so who pushed me down the stair. Hey, now think. Talk to me. Oh, where's my marker? Talk to me for a sec. What? Now we know a little bit about the Puritans. We know a little bit about the people that came over. We know a little bit about Jamestown. And we know a fair bit about some of the tribes that they ran into. Why did they clash? Or what did they clash over? Let's make a list. Be more specific. Okay. So we'll do culture as the broad heading. Religion. Excellent. Do you think the Puritans were like, oh, I understand that you have your native religion, and that's okay, and I'm going to... No, oh, absolutely not. As a matter of fact, that's part of how the whole thing started. Tatuba, remember? The servant in the household was practicing some of her native folk religion stuff. 
Okay, what else? What else are they going to clash about? Food. What is acceptable? What is not acceptable? The fact that there's a limited amount there? Yeah, good. What else? Oh, excellent. The way they raise their children. Very different. The natives dress scandalously to the Puritans, of course. I just can't hear you. Yes. Land. They both want the same land. I'm going to sum this up. Now, this is not 2023, when we still can't get along. As a matter of fact, we're terrible at getting along, right? We judge each other for stupid, stupid stuff. Back then, what were their chances that they were going to come and peacefully coexist? Everybody shaking their head no. Yeah, this is... Understand that when we start getting into this kind of stuff, that we're starting to have some serious problems getting along. Add to that that the Puritans, they won't even allow themselves to sit and think, hey, maybe their way of rearing children is better. Because the very thought, they're going to think, oh, well, no, that's evil. So, yeah, good. Hey, good job on the lesson today. You guys paid great attention. Uh, any questions? Hey, 